Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer, and I have two amazing guests. That's right, two. We have Danny Doring, former ECW wrestler who's still doing it on the indie scene. He tells us his story on the Busted Open podcast. And how about this? Your NWA women's champion who's going to be at All Out on Saturday challenging Sheeta for the AEW women's champion. And that is Thunder Rosa joins us. All that right now on the Busted Open podcast. Joining us, and Tommy corrected me during the break. It's the first time with me, but our next guest was on with Tommy on a Saturday when he went solo. And that is the great Danny Doring joins us right here on Busted Open. How are you, sir? I am absolutely fabulous to pop Tommy, as I always say. I'm living the dream. Absolutely, we are. Hi, buddy. How you doing, pal? What are you sitting in your car? Yeah, you know, I got I got things to do. I got things going on. I got a big got a big day ahead of me. Big big wrestling day. Pretty funny. Danny Doring, known as the last ever ECW tag team champion, the last holder of it. And uh, you know, Danny, you and I, I mean, Dave, Danny, and I are like friggin' brothers. Uh, We talk all the time, and uh, I always look at. Danny as a success story. When I say a success story, a success story after post ECW, post wrestling, because a lot of people don't or aren't able to uh, forget the fact that they're a pro wrestler and they need to also pay their bills. And uh, being a successful uh, person outside of wrestling, which is hard, man. I I just interviewed Shannon Moore on on my own House of Hardcore podcast, and he was struggling. And and like, I didn't even know this. He, He was struggling with a heroin addiction. And here's Shannon Moore, uh, and he reaches out to Road Dog. Road Dog hooks him up, and now Shannon Moore is helping other people live a clean life. And he works for the number one uh, addiction clinic in Tampa, and he's now a success, still doing wrestling when wrestling kind of opens up, but being a success outside of the world of professional wrestling. And that's what Danny uh, has been doing. So, Danny, take us on like kind of like your voyage. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. It's hard to think the hardest thing to do is after you've achieved any kind of success on any level, uh, when you don't have that in your life, you have to kind of figure out your next move. And to anybody that's, you know, struggling with that, you know, I'm always around to reach out to. And there's a lot of guys, like I think in a lot of times in wrestling, we celebrate, not celebrate, but it's accentuated the downfall, the car crash, all that kind of thing. And I don't think a lot of the good guys, uh, like the Guidos out there, the Kevin Furtigs, Crowbars, Chris Chetties, you know, a slew of other guys that are doing stuff post, you know, a TV career, 
get any kind of uh, any kind of uh, pub and you know props to everybody who could still do it and um, you know to me I, I just kind of had to figure out what I wanted to do in my life you know and uh, I always wanted to have a family it's hard to do on the road it's hard to you know you know get all those things and I'm really blessed right now I have a good job um, I get to coach football on two levels um, I get the high school coach which is new for me this is my second year doing that um, I coach my son in the, in the youth league and I help run that league and uh, and I still get to do wrestling you know and 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 bookings are open up so I mean I I am like the best version of myself right now. I am in the best place I've ever been in my life right now. Uh, and that's not to say there wasn't adversity to get there. You know, anything worth having isn't easy. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, man. Every day I'm blessed. And Danny's somebody that I truly admire. Forget about his career in ECW, but what he's done after ECW, you know, being somebody that lives on the East Coast, you know, he's still very strong uh, on the East Coast when it comes to, uh, you know, pro wrestling and, and definitely when it opens up back again. He's a Cowboy fan. That's something I always admire from somebody who's involved with football on the East Coast. And also, too, you know, Tommy, he's somebody that, you know, when I refereed for the first time and I was nervous as hell, getting into the ring and refereeing for a first time. And Tommy, I admire that you gave me that opportunity uh, on a House of Hardcore show. He kind of gave me a crash course, like, because I was shitting a brick. And Tommy, you're always good. It's like, Dave, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You'll be good. And then I, I went to Danny and I was like, man, I have no idea what I'm doing. And nobody's telling me on, you know, what I need to do. And you kind of gave me a crash course of what's going to go on and what I can expect being a referee in the ring. And you you definitely have that nature. You mentioned that you're a coach, you know, with youth football, but you're definitely somebody that is a mentor and a teacher as well. I got, you know, thank you, David. Yeah. And I saw, I saw it when you were in the ring. I was kind of like, <laughs> you know, through my extensive, um, my extensive um, knowledge of refereeing from my, my Perry Levy days back in ECW, um, you know, the bumping ref as it were, uh, I, I, you know, I, I just saw, I saw you a little bit nervous and I was kind of like, you know, and I was like, I know who you are. So I was kind of tentative because I was like, oh, I don't want to make this guy mad or I don't want, I don't want, I don't want this guy to get like, who is this guy trying to give me advice kind of thing. But man, it was completely cool, man. It was, it was just cool to meet you to begin with. And then, and then to, to kind of interact you with that way is, was special. Um, but yeah, man, like I said, I, I you know, coaching is good. I, I, I would love to have been in a situation where I could help train guys. I've done a little bit, but I, you know, it's something that I just would love to do. I just don't have the time to do, uh, you know, between coaching football on two different levels. You know, I was excited and blessed that my, um, my old football high school coach became an AD and my old teammate, Brian Meany, became a head coach and brought me on. So I get to coach high school uh, out here in Edison, New Jersey. And it's been awesome. It's been an amazing thing. We got a great group of kids. We're looking to do some big things. Uh, let me know. I'll send you guys some merch. I'm trying to get Dreamer out to a game. Um, but like I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm blessed. I love being around and trying to be, you know, uh, someone that somebody can go to if they need advice on anything. And, and, and oddly enough, in today's wrestling world, shockingly like for a while it wasn't like that but i walk into a locker room now and there's a lot of young guys asking me to watch matches which to me is like the ultimate compliment man i, I never say no and i'm appreciative to all those guys that 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 ask me to do that and it's um 
It really is. It really is an honor and, and, and it's a privilege to, to, to be able to be asked to do that and to do it for some guys. And for the for the nation listening, you know, Danny was brought up old old school, uh, part of the original House of Hardcore, which was his trainers were Taz Perry Saturn, uh, a little bit of Bully Ray, so you could imagine what uh, this guy went through, uh, and he'll tell you what he did to actually get to the physical school. Um, but we used to have kind of like an initiation after you pay your dues in the ring at training, then you would go and you'd be ring crew. And then you would like Danny, you'd be a referee. You'd be the ring, the bell, you'd do every single thing. Then you'd have the opportunity to wrestle if you stood by it. And then, you know, you were off to the races from there. And for me too, like even in my own company, like when house of hardcore, Danny was like my, I don't want to say utility player, but anything I needed, I knew I could rely on Danny always. And, you know, he was my commentator forever uh, alongside of Vic Joseph and this other guy, Matt Camp. I don't know what happened to him. His career didn't happen, really take off. But besides that, the rest of it uh, really, really uh, went well for Danny. So, Danny, tell everyone, oh, my favorite story, one of my many favorite stories, uh, Danny Doring, the fan, whose favorite wrestler is Randy Savage, watching ECW, and there was a segment called uh, Beulah's Box, and her box was always open for you, the the person to write in and Danny wrote to Beulah to see uh, how to become a pro wrestler. <laughs> she didn't ever respond to that letter, by the way. Yeah. So that, that, that was false advertising about, about <laughs> it being open. It just wasn't open for me. And uh, you know, it's been a running joke now for, I would like to say years, but decades at this point. Um, yeah, man, the school was, I guess is, I guess at the time they told us how lucky we were for that opportunity. And we were, we were truly grateful um, but I would take two trains from New Jersey to Long Island just to get just to get my my butt whooped for you know two hours, three hours at a time, and then take the train back. I wouldn't drive because I was physically unable to drive back. My hands were shaking. Um, you know, it, I just it was it wasn't it wasn't possible. So I would just take trains, and that's how I that's how I trained, man. And it, and uh, and I bonded with a lot of those guys. In fact, I'm taking that trip today. Sadly. Uh, as funny as wrestling is, I'm here on this show, and today I'm going to do a virtual signing out in Long Island uh, for a group called KNS with Roadkill. So I'm going back to where it all started, taking those same roads to go out there to uh, to uh, do something with uh, Roadkill, who uh, you know is basically just as much family to me as anybody. Uh, so it's kind of full circle. And and as far as like House of Hardcore goes. I was again blessed to have the opportunity to wrestle for you know for Tommy and work for Tommy um, and commentate with Vic Joseph and that was when it was Maddie and I um, <laughs> doing commentating and I always like you know the 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 best the best launching point to uh, WWE television now is just be the play by play guy at House of Hardcore and you're gone I'm the only one sticking around so. But, uh, and, you know, but no place in the world I'd rather be. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely and always will be extremely appreciative to Tommy for everything he's done to me, uh, for me. And I don't think that there is a bigger baby face in wrestling. I don't think that there is one person in this business that I can think of and countless others that his he hasn't touched their career in some way, shape or form. So the fact that you're not in the Hall of Fame, I'm going to embarrass you for a minute. 
is an absolute travesty. I think we need to throw a nation hashtag up and get Tommy, uh, get that movement started. We need the nation to get that movement started to get Dream in the Hall of Fame in 2021, in my opinion. I agree, but Tommy's a little too real for that Hall of Fame because, as we know, the WWE Hall of Fame is not an actual Hall of Fame. So Tommy's as real as real gets in pro wrestling. So, you know, that's the one thing I will say, but I agree with you. We should get a hashtag going to get Tommy into the Hall of Fame in 2021. And and it it would be Tommy's luck that, you know, there would be a Hall of Fame and then we're in a pandemic and he wouldn't be able to actually get in. But, um... But I will say this, Danny, when when it comes to you just mentioned you mentioned roadkill and Tommy mentioned at the top that you were the last, you know, tag team champion in ECW. What was that time like for you? Because you are you're a tag team champion and then and then there's no more ECW and, it kind you know, kind of out of nowhere. You know, there's no ECW and everybody in that locker room. Tommy talks about it all the time. And and we even had Chris Jericho early on in the early days of Busted Open where he talked about, you know, what the locker room experience like was like in ECW. It was truly a team and everyone's fighting for a cause. You know, what was it like in those last days where, hey, everyone's fighting, everyone's sacrificing. I'm sure there were paydays that were sacrificed to keep that company going. And then all of a sudden there's no more ECW. To me, uh, personally, I, we, we've heard all those rumblings that the company is going under. But to be honest, like I started in 96 with the House of Hardcore Wrestling, and I've been on the road. And I've kind of been through that several times, and we kind of always persevered. So when it started, the rumblings at the end started to happen. Um, I, honestly, dude, I really didn't pay much mind to it. Um, I, I just thought it was something that was gonna, we were going to overcome. Uh, maybe, you know maybe I was lying to myself or maybe I just didn't, I blocked that out because I just didn't think um, that was going to be a possibility. I just thought it was like just another bump in the road another you know, some choppy seas or whatever. Um, so, you know, we had just gotten to the point where we had won the championships and, and how you can talk about that. Uh, you can say anything you want. It's booked, it's underlined, whatever, but uh, the company still has to be invested in you to give you that, accolade so it, it's it's earned but it's not earned but it's still it was a culmination of all the hard work that roadkill and i put into everything that we've done um so it was special to us it was special to us to win them in new york city it was special you know it was just a big moment um and when we got to uh pine bluff and you know Arkansas, all those those shows and they kind of did that farewell i really didn't get involved in it other than having a free beer with the Sandman, um, as far as it being a farewell, because to me, it just it just wasn't. So when the actual farewell happened, it was kind of a little bit more of a shock to me. Um, but like I said, man, it's like I can't, people can't dwell on what was. We just kind of got to take those hits and move forward. Uh, I feel like Rocky saying that, but that, that's kind of what it is. I can understand that. And, and, and listen, I, I love that you were able to have that moment. You're able to have that memory. Like you said, to be able to do it in New York city, like, and Tommy's just was talking about it before, like wherever Tommy goes, you're going to get those ECW chants. It never stops. And, And ECW is something that for the fans, 
you know, will go on and live forever. It, it truly was. And, you know, we, we still see Paul Heyman uh, on WWE TV. It's almost like I Paul Heyman is detached from ECW for me because he really doesn't talk about it. And like for me, when I see you, Danny, when I see Tommy, even Bully, like you'll always be attached to that company that the fans love and will always love and will always chant its name and will live forever. And, 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 and believe me, I am blessed and thankful to everybody who helped me along the way to be part of that revolution, that special, uh, you know, to be part of that special thing to today, I get bookings and I can't even take them all to be honest. And it's not that it's not a slight against an organization. It's because I don't have the time. Um, I'm very fortunate enough for a group out here in New Jersey called WrestlePro to give me the opportunity to still to, to I, I had a shot in the arm of, of my career last year. I wrestled like 15 dates for them. Um, and it, it's it's they they've been a blessing, too. And I'm thankful to, you know, all those guys out there. And I'm even more thankful to their new tag team champions, Brian Myers and Joey Janela, for keeping those titles warm for me and my partner, Craig Steele, when we decided to take them back. Love it. Nice. Love the um, work shoot <laughs> <laughs> for uh, the listeners. If you go back and you watch, uh, I would talk about unselfishness with Danny as well. You go back and you watch the match. Danny was very, very innovative with uh, his uh, move set, but it was always the formula heat on Danny hot tag to roadkill. Now, here's a guy who roadkill a phenomenal athlete uh, who, could do things a man his size shouldn't be able to do, but that formula worked. And when you talk about paying, uh, paying your dues or something that is earned. Yeah. The people were so behind you guys winning those titles. And, but it's the unselfishness, uh, even in the promos where Danny would do a lot of the talking and then roadkill would just literally ended up with chickens. And when a tag team, works and a tag team works the way you guys did it's being unselfish uh, ricky morton has talked about it every great tag team has talked about that unselfishness with your partner because as you and i both know roadkill could be quite uh roadkillish roadkill is one of those guys you some get them some don't um and, you know, me and him kind of like a married couple to this day. We have, we still have our, you know, our tiffs and our tasks, but um, that's one of the special things also about that school is I really consider Roadkill and Chris Chetty uh, brothers. I do. Uh, they're family to me. They always will be as, are, as, as are you, Tommy and, and a slew of other guys. Um, and, and I'm fortunate to have that in my life. Um, I'm fortunate to, and, and, and I'll get a little personal here again. Um, I grew up in a family that wasn't, you know, my mother was basically a single mother. Um, you know, I, I had a stepfather. We didn't see eye to eye. So I never really had that um, male figure in my life. And guys at, at ECW became that. Whether they really understood that, understand that, know it or not, people like Tommy Dreamer, Taz, Perry, Bubba, even, you know, Paul, all these guys I look to as uh as figures and and i gave my undying loyalty to that and as far as you know and 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 it was never uh, a jealousy thing with me and roadkill we understand the formula it worked and we were we were happy for, to have that ride man it was excited you know it's always not peaches and rainbows obviously with anything but um like i said man it's to this day we're part of it and uh 
and it's something that'll never leave us. And it's something that I, I, I totally embrace. And uh, being uh, a father figure and a role model is kind of what you do in, in your life, but also with your real uh, children, especially your son, Hayden, who's a gigantic wrestling fan. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really, I think he's got so many, um, you know, every father looks at their son or looks at their kid and says this. I think my kids have so many talents. I, I think my son is, can, can do a million different things, but it scares me, uh, that he is so into wrestling that I, I'm starting to get the gathering that that's what he's going to become at some point in some way, shape or form. Um, he's just destroyed his bed by doing flipping sentons off the bedpost. Uh, and, um, he is a huge busted open fan. He's a huge Tommy fan and he is probably listening to this somewhere and, and going to critique my performance on the show. <laughs> this is, uh, um, and then he's going to, uh, but he's going to, he should be excited that he got his name mentioned. You got your pub Hayden, hardcore Hayden. Um, but yeah, man, like my kids, man, it's like, they're everything. And it's, uh, it's, it's a, also awesome to be, um, to be a dad, to be a family man and, and all those things that come with it, man. So like I said, like when I say that I'm blessed in every sense of the word, uh, and I'm living my best life, I know that's a very common term. I really am. And, you know, also for the listeners, you know, you did do the, the TNA stuff, uh, with those weekly pay-per-views back in the day after ECW, um, you were you did work for WWE in the relaunch uh, of the WWE ECW. You were offered, uh, we joke about it, another opportunity to be a referee when you didn't know it. Um, but like you said, life moves forward. You have no regrets, just like uh, I have no regrets. But the fact that you're out there, you're still, like you use wrestling now to have fun, supplement your income, and, you know, pretty much watch, let your son watch you wrestle, which is cool as can be, but wrestling has been good to you. And, you know, you name them Guido, a great job outside of wrestling still wrestles, you know, uh, a whole lot. Chris Chetty doesn't wrestle much anymore, but literally got a great job. He has five children, takes care of them. Kevin Thorne doesn't wrestle a whole lot because he's so busy doing uh, other things. Crowbar, another guy who is out there wrestling when he wants, has an amazing practice, also helping other people uh, rehab themselves. And all these guys who are out there grinding it out and then on the weekends go out there and do something because you love it and you still love it. I do. I always will. I, you know, the biggest thrill right now is – that my son can still see me do it. And, and, and let's not, you know, let's not sugarcoat. I can still go brother. I still got it. Um, but like, you know, we, we, we have, uh, at, at my house, we got, we got, uh, my wife got me the projector and the big blow up screen. We watched SummerSlam out there, just me and him. And that, that's a cool thing to be able to, to, you know, sit with your kid and, and you both into something that you grew up loving. And, um, and, it, you know, it's, it really is. It's a special moment that you can kind of just have with your own kids and kind of, you know, he doesn't watch so much of the old stuff because it doesn't have, oh, look at that entrance, dad. How do they come out of that entrance way kind of thing? You know what I mean? He's so young that he doesn't understand, like, you know, when they did WrestleMania four and five, that's, you know, when I, you know, they're like, what kind of entrance is that? There's no glitz. There's no glitz. Just like, that's what it was, son. Back when I had, we also had big, huge things coming out of the back of the TV and we had to actually get up and turn the channel, you know, back in those days. Daddy, how did you uh, fall in love with wrestling? 
I, um, like I said, when I grew up, my, my mother worked, uh, she was, a she was a hairdresser. So she worked full time. I was with my great aunt most of the time. And every Saturday we'd watch WWF on the, her black and white TV at her apartment. And we would, that was our big thing every week. She would go and, and spend a couple of extra cents to get me those little cans of uh, generic brand soda. And we would sit around and watch WWF. Um, and we, you know, we cheered the good guys. We booed the bad guys, but when I started to get older and I saw Randy Savage come in for the first time um, and do his shtick, man, it was the first time everything inside of me kind of went off. And I was like, wow, man, that that guy is like my muse to to this now. Like that's, you know, everything to me. And I, I remember I literally got my I re- literally got grounded on a house show on MSG where it was a lumberjack match and um, King Kong Bundy avalanched. Hulk Hogan into with his broken ribs into the uh, ring post. Savage dropped the elbow. Hogan kicked out and I lost it. It was so loud in my house. I was mad. I was throwing things. And then I was subsequently grounded for about three weeks after that. But yeah, man, like that was, that was it, man. I was, it, the hooks were in. And, and, and when I got the opportunity to actually find the house of hardcore, uh, I looked for other schools. Um, and I, I'm not an, easy road kind of guy. So when I met Terry and Taz for the first time, we had an interview. I realized kind of what I was getting myself into, but not quite until the first class, but I knew it wasn't going to be easy. And, and, and I really didn't want it to be. And it wasn't. <laughs> I, that, I mean, I used to be a rainbow when I used to walk into that place. It looked like it was a bunch of like, when you go and you see a battle on a, like a movie and all these bodies are laying around and like these beaten souls because they're <laughs> fighting for their lives. And then I'd walk in and I'd just be like a little ray of sunshine uh, going uh, into that venue because oof, it was uh, it was training uh, to the next level. But like you said, man, it made you the person you were and are it, it toughened you up for the business that, was ahead of you. And it is a tough, tough business. It is. And you don't realize it at the time, what you're going through. And, and, and it was physically demanding. Uh, I could get into stories and it's, it's scary, man. Like you wouldn't even think some of the stuff that, that we went through was, was just as absurd, man, but it really did harden us for that. And I didn't realize the next chapter on ring crew would be just as difficult, if not harder because you had to be on the road and you didn't have a lot of money and you kind of figured out how to work with each other to kind of get through those times. And yeah, man, it really galvanized a lot of us into what we would be doing. Hope, you know, for the next 10, 15, luckily for me, 25, 26 years now. And if you would, for those people who you go on the network and you watch uh, ECW, you watch the Madhouse of Extreme in Queens, an amazing venue. But for Ring Crew, they used to have to carry the ring up uh, a fire escape. And when you're carrying, how much did our ring posts weigh? 75 or 150? The ring posts were, no, the ring posts were a couple hundred pounds. The beams that were, the cross beams are about, uh, about a hundred pounds a piece. And so they had carrying them up, <laughs> up poor, poor escape. It looked like a scene out of Donkey Kong is the best way I can describe <laughs> it. Great, great call. And then they'd have to go out there and wrestle and perform in front of you guys. And like, you know, Taz, T-Bone, people on their heads and, and all stuff like that. But uh, it was the paying your dues, but 
it's just, it was next level for the appreciation of, like you said, winning the title or seeing the success uh, of that. Or, you know, for, for me and you are, are the last, my last wrestling match in ECW, me and you were tagging against uh, the FBI, which is, Hey man, you watch me on television and we've become, you know, best friends. That's super duper cool. Plus you perform with me and like wrestling is the only sport where probably you will one day, if your son does choose to have uh, get into wrestling, you'll probably tag with him someday. And he'll probably be pinning me that bastard. Hey, don't do that. <laughs> Uncle Tommy. But that's the beauty of our business. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, and, and in those days, the roughest loop was we did Poughkeepsie, which is great because it's a great historic building for wrestling. You know, uh, we did Queens the next night. Then we went to Philly to do the arena. And then, because I got to go there, we did a little place called Bar A on the shore of New Jersey, which was a complete Bully Ray uh, pull, I would imagine. And that setup there was grueling because it was about 100 degrees. The ring ropes, the ring ropes kept melting. We had to keep retaping them, sweeping the sand off the canvas. We had we had sand in that ring truck for about six months after every bar A show that we ever did, along with about 800 loose mannequin heads that we had left over from the Al Snow uh, head era. So that ring truck was an absolute grueling disaster at times. Yeah, and thanks because that ring truck was in my name and it had over 150,000 miles and they never changed the oil once. <laughs> Good stuff. We also drove it down A. Tommy Rogers actually tinted it out for us so me and Chris could have... <laughs> For privacy, so nobody would. Um, we took that it was sometimes some of the boys' hotels too. Yeah, it was it was a lot of the ring cruise hotels for a while. But um, yeah, man, like I, I, listen, I didn't have it the whole time. The other the new regime came over and put all those miles on it. That wasn't me. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, really quick, you said that you had a virtual signing today. How can fans uh, find out about it? How can they get involved? Yeah, it's a uh, KNS Wrestling. They're on Facebook. I, I would, um, and uh, it's something that came about about a week ago, and just so happens that it falls on the same day I'm on the show, um, which is a great kind of wrestling story in itself because I get to kind of relive everything. I'm on, I'm here with you guys, and I get to go on to the Belt Parkway, which I love and adore, and uh, that's complete sarcasm, by the way. And I get to go see Roadkill. <laughs> Who knows what he's going to say on a live stream? Um, oh yeah. You, you know, just like, tell him to say chickens. That's it. It ain't gonna, it ain't gonna say chickens no more. I guarantee you that. So, um, but you know, again, it's good. It's good to hang out with them and and do all those things. And and um, so yeah. And then I'll be at Russell Pro on September thirteenth, uh, an outdoor show in Union, New Jersey. And awesome. then we go full for football season. So, man, life is good. And it's coming at me fast. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. She's your NWA Women's Champion, and that might even change. You might even have to add another title coming up this weekend, September 5th on Saturday, all out. And we're going to have Thunder Rosa going after that AEW Women's Championship. And let's bring her in right now, Tommy. The one and only Thunder Rosa joins us. How are you? 
I am like a crackhead right now. I have so much energy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I worked out like not even, I just run, took a shower so I could look semi-decent. But I had like a really good workout right now. And then I'm going to go to the, to the to the ring and work out a little bit more. So I am absolutely static about all this. Hi, Tommy. How are you? Hello, dear. How's everything? Absolutely great. Thank you. <laughs> Prettiest crackhead I know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so yeah. By everything- the way, that used to be an old school ECW uh, chant when they would call a female a crackhead. It was a term of endearment. Yes, um, indeed. So obviously you're amped up. You're excited. How the hell did all of this go down for you? Well, I don't know. It just happened. I mean, uh, AW contacted me and uh, I just passed it on to like uh, the NWA management and they made their magic. So, uh, you know, I'm just when I got the call, I was like, uh, uh, is that happening? Oh, and then they say you're doing all out. And I was just like, whoa, uh, um, I was not expecting that, honestly. Um, but I'm really excited. I, like, Tommy, you know how hard, how hard I've been grinding for the last six years and to have a platform like this. It's just amazing. Oh yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm super proud of you. Your fans are super proud of you. We, you've been on the show before talking about your journey, but this is the largest platform slash way to people for to view you. I want to perhaps. I've always said last year's uh, all out pay per view was perhaps top three pay per view of all time, and for you to be a part of that, be a part of AEW. Uh, your dues, you've paid your dues and now everyone's getting to see what you've been all about. I mean, I could see by how much you're smiling. Normally you have a crazy half face, but you're <laughs> so, so happy. Uh, tell us like what's going through your head. Um, everything is going through my head. I mean, um, you know, I just want to first, before I start talking about myself, I want to really thank, uh, you know, Billy uh, Corgan, for making this happen and for being, you know, the, the weekend of change in my career, <laughs> you know, with like trusting me with, with, with the title or the NWA title and not representing NWA in another company as AEW. Um, so everything has, you know, flashback in the last, I will say, uh, a couple of days, like from the moment I started to, to now and, um, and just how crazy this is and like how historical this is for women's wrestling too. Absolutely. You should also thank Bob Geigel and Sam Muchnick. Just, you know, I'm an old school fan. Uh, you have no clue who they are, but I do. And so does Billy. Um, and so does Dave. Uh, you're in Jacksonville now? Yes, I am in Jacksonville. Oh, I saw you got your little COVID bracelet. You're set. You've been tested. You're all ready. Yes. Uh, is this the first time you'll be performing as well uh, during the pandemic in a wrestling no. match? I... Like when we, last time I talked to you guys, I've been active the whole entire time. Like we did a lot of studio wrestling and I've been doing a lot of custom matches um, and then some very small shows. This last Saturday was actually the first time that I performed in, in a crowd of like 70 people. So in Dallas and uh, I, I, I feel great. It just like the energy and like having some of my young girls, like young fans coming and being super excited just to like take a break from all this. COVID and those, all this craziness and just seeing their smile, it just make my day. And, um, you know, I cannot tell you how proud I feel about this and how my family, my husband is like calling me every three hours. I'm so proud of you. My son is like painting his face like me, which is the oddest thing. He sent me pictures because he was bored. He's like, now I can do it. my mom's makeup. You know, it's, it's just really amazing that the things that are happening. 
You know, and Thunder Rosa, we're proud of you too, because when we had you on the last time as a fan of yours, I was like, geez, you know, all this momentum and so much buzz around you and you, you, you capture that NWA women's championship and, you know, NWA, you know, is the hottest show and everyone's talking about it. And then the pandemic happens and it's just like, oh, the, all, all the momentum is dead. But you, like you said, like you're now getting the moment of your career during this pandemic. It's crazy how life is and how crazy your career has turned over the last year or so. And to get this opportunity on Saturday on a pay-per-view, you know, when you appeared on AEW, that was on Saturday. That was, you know, where AEW is going up against NXT's uh, takeover. And all social media was talking about was your appearance with the NWA title, you know, with that vignette that came on. Like, that's what, you know, while the, not only on a, on a, on a non-scheduled AEW show on a Saturday, but also going up against TakeOver, like you dominated social media in, in that moment. You have to be proud of that. Oh, well, yes, it's been, a, you know, it's a lot of work. You know, social media is a lot of work. And I... um my, my husband and I and, and all my team, like we made sure that our fans come first. And that's the reason why we had such a positive um, turnout when they announced that I will be on All Out. Because, you know, it could be like, oh, my God, another women's match, whatever. Like, she's so irrelevant. Like, everybody was so excited. Like, people that have been following me since I started, you know, they, they put my story out about, you know, everything. Because, you know, I'm like a, an open book. So um, I'm just really happy for uh, like all the supporters that continue to, uh, you know, put me over on, on Twitter, on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I wouldn't be here without them. And I honestly, cause they were so, they were so excited even before all this happened when we were just like, you know, going back and forth on Twitter. So um, I, I own, I owe a lot to my fans and I will continue to like be as personable with them because without them, I wouldn't be here. I always say this, like during these times, you know, uh, the fact that a wrestler or something wrestling related can be trending uh, is a positive. And when I saw you were trending, I was happy you were not dead. And <laughs> that everything. He used the Denzel like, Washington gift, the, uh, you know, the, the, the standby Denzel Washington gift that everyone uses. Tommy actually <laughs> used that gift. Hey, during the Rey yeah. Mysterio uh, Dominic caning, I was trending. I had to check to make sure I wasn't dead. I mean, come <laughs> on now. You, never, you could find out on Twitter first. But it's a positive thing where in the world where it's, it's literally po pandemic and politics and why we hate everything. But for the fact that your name can be trending, not like a Taylor trend worldwide, um, the fact that people are, are celebrating you for a day, that's an awesome day. And you have another chance, not only tonight, but on Saturday to get the world to be talking about you and your performance. So I know you're going to go all out, but literally what is going through your head for Saturday? Like, I don't want to say preparation, like yeah. there's got to be a calm before the storm. I know how I am. But I've had these moments and this is like your moment. So I just kind of want to know what's and if you could tell our listeners what's going through, because it is this has been your dream. You've talked about it for being a role model. You've talked about like, you know, paying your dues and like it will always have a dues paying process. But this is a monumental thing going on in your life professionally and personally. My dog is crying. I apologize. Uh, I miss Drago. He probably will be barking right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Uh, what's going on in my head? I, I just like, honestly, I've been taking this like, um, like when I'm getting ready for a fight and I just mentally like preparing myself and uh, just telling, telling myself that I'm, I'm ready to perform that I've been training for, and training, performing for so long. And this is an opportunity that is just bigger than all the other ones that I had before. Um, I want to do my best and I will do my best no matter what their, the outcome is. And, um, I'm ready. Like I've been saying this for a couple of years now. Like I feel like people slipped on me for a long time and they continue to do that, but that's okay. Like this Saturday, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna make magic in that ring. And I'm, I'm beyond, beyond excited. I just want to cry. That's how excited I am. It's like, everything is just like, ah, like, you know, just like, that's a lot of pressure too, uh, for, for, for have to, to have a good performance too. Because, um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of like what I've been reading with a lot of the fans is saying, oh, you know, the bar is like set so low in, in, you know, in this instance. And now they're coming in and like they're they're like putting you over super hard. Like, what do you have to offer to us? And I feel sometimes like when I go and go, Google me, you know, <laughs> go and watch my match. <laughs> but I'm not going to be that person is like. I've, I've been in, in championship matches and where I felt the same. I, I mean, of course, it was in a, a smaller scale in, in Japan and stuff like that. Um, and uh, hard times when I uh, won the NWA championship, I was feeling the same way. And like I said, no matter what happens, I'm, I'm a winner already. Because this is like, uh, this is a dream that a lot of the people that I, I work with, that I train with, dream their whole entire life, you know? Is either either in a big company or in WWE, and I am nothing but blessed to be here in Jacksonville and on Saturday to perform. Because uh, I just posted this on Twitter: like opportunities sometimes they don't come if you're not ready, and I'm ready this time. So um, I am I am so excited. You know, <laughs> I, w- I was literally just asked like, what can I tell? What information can I tell an independent wrestler to? try to make it during these times. And I said, when opportunity calls, make sure you're in your best shape and you're ready. Like you, we were talking about it the last time we had on, you were like, Oh, I just finished training. I'm working out. If you follow you on social media, we see you're doing that a lot, but you don't want to show up and you're like, Oh, well I put on 20 pounds of COVID weight. And like, now you're going to be on, national television where they'll say, well, this isn't the same person I looked at before. You've been preparing for this for a call that you never even expected, which is just so, so awesome that it happens. And like, I always say there's a reason for everything, but the fact that you kept yourself active on social media, the the fact that you kept yourself in this great physical shape is why stuff like this really does happen. Yeah, you know, and I say a hard work pays off. Well, uh, yeah. I hope it pays off for you on Saturday. What happens if if you win? What do you think? I'm gonna trend on Twitter again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Twitter. Uh, I'm definitely like people are gonna be like, oh my god, like we were like we were not paying attention to her. Like, it's, it's gonna be amazing. I mean, imagine being the winner of two companies like that and just being. It will make so much for my career, you know, for for and what wrestling I'm, history in wrestling history too for everything I'm like trying to do and accomplish with other women's wrestling, with other women's wrestling, you know, with, you know, with mission pro wrestling and everything. Like that's what I keep telling, especially the girls that I work in with text in Texas. Um, I keep telling them they just got to work hard and I'm not talking and I'm going to say it again. You have to work hard and you don't have to like 
go and do other things in order to get that position. I mean, it will take some time, but opportunities will come if people see your talent and your work ethic. And you know me, uh, Tommy and David, I work freaking hard and I've been doing it for uh, quite a while and I just don't stop because I'm hungry and I will continue to be hungry because I want to be successful and I want to be the best that I can be because that's my dream, you know? Have you ever wrestled her before in Japan? No, I've seen her wrestle in Japan multiple yeah. times. Is there yeah. a language barrier? Because I don't know what the hell you say to me half the time. So that's one whatever. thing. <laughs> that's what everybody says, the whatever. Um, no, there is no uh, language barrier. I, I speak wrestling. Oh, I, you speak fast wrestling. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think so. I, I worked in Japan before, so I know uh, some of the, the language and Body language is very important. So I never had a problem working in Japan. Even I didn't really need a translator because, you know, I, I, I've been doing it for a minute. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I study her. I, I, I know her. I've seen a lot of tape of her. Good matches in Japan, her matches here. Um, so I have a pretty good idea of what she does. And um, let, hopefully she did her homework, you know. So Absolutely. A <laughs> uh, non-wrestling related question asking for a friend. How is your hair gotten so much longer since the last, are you on hair steroids? Cause can you uh, DM me the secret? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, like I was looking like probably like a month ago, it was like right here. And now it's like down to here. Yeah, I, man. A couple months, like a month or so ago. So I think it grew, grew an inch. But I've been, I've been doing a lot of stuff to my hair, like, you know. Yeah, well, you need to DM me those products just for a friend who may or may not be losing his hair at a rapid rate. Dave, next question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're kind of waving the flag for the NWA because we haven't seen anything really NWA related since this pandemic has started. And, you know, you as the NWA Women's Champion, is there is there any pressure in that? I mean, I know that you know, you're proud to be that champion, but you really, you're the only one kind of waving that flag right now. Pressure. It is always pressure, you know, but why am I going to stress about it? You know, it's, uh, I like, I'm going to do everything that I can to represent the company that I work for, the company that gave me a really, a big shot. If you think about it, you know, uh, some, uh, they were, they, they were able to help me make history, you know, on my own too. So, uh, yeah, there is pressure, but I'm not going to stress about it. I want to enjoy this moment because I, in the last six years, like every time I like a big opportunity comes like this, I'm already looking for the next thing. But this time I decided when I got, the, when I got the call, I'm going to enjoy the little time that I'm going to be here and I'm going to make the best out of it and, and really like, uh, not get so stressed or, or anxious for things that I have no control over. So again, when I get in the ring, I'm just going to, perform my best and give up people what they want to, what they want to see. And if they don't well, too bad. Cause you're going to see me. <laughs> no. What's uh, the vibe in the locker room. I've been a part when ECW went to WWE as an outsider. Um, it was a, not the nicest vibe. Uh, what's the locker room vibe. I'm sure you know, a lot of people already back there. I worked with probably like 90% of the people that work in the back like guys from Lucha Underground, um, a couple of the guys from NWA that used to work there. Uh, I've known some of the talent from, from years now. So uh, it's been really uh, welcoming. Um, again, I also put myself in a situation in, in where I, if I'm training with, with the ladies, like I want to help, you know, cause I, 
I work with them in the Indies and I have respect for them and I have respect for what they're doing on TV. So if I'm here, even for a little bit of time, I want to work with the, the, the young ones and, you know, teach them what I know, you know, the little knowledge that I have working in four different TV shows, you know? So, um, we try to make it as, as positive as possible. And they've been like, I'm telling you, they've been super, super positive towards me. Like, I don't feel like an outsider. They're very welcoming. Um, it, it's been really good. Like I said, I had, I don't go home and be like, damn, I don't want to be here. And like, I go home and I'm like, damn, this is really fun. Like I, I really enjoy it. You know, I, you know, I got my room for myself, so I got my privacy. I can work on my stuff. You know, it's, 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 it's really good. Um, I, like I said, I know a lot of, a lot of people. I love seeing Vicky often or Shaw or, uh, Swole, Diamante. Um, who else has been really nice? Like some of the other young girls, uh, Tay, I became like really close with her. Like she speaks Spanish for some reason. And she's Brazilian. She speaks better Spanish than English. So it's really funny. So we're always like talking and she's teaching me like new moves of judo and stuff. So it's like, we're always like, you know, trying to help each other out. So it's, that's the kind of stuff I like to do. And that's what I've been doing. And, and, and even though like I'm not signed here, I'll, I'll just, I want them to see that I'm, I'm a team player no matter where I go. Absolutely. And uh, wow, a positive working environment. Who would have thought that in professional wrestling would work? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. And Tommy mentioned you being the outsider and and you've obviously are being welcomed in the AEW locker room, but I think the AEW fan loves you too. Like she has done a great job and she's been a good champion, but isn't it strange though, as an outsider coming in with the NWA championship that I think most fans that are going to be watching the pay-per-view on Saturday are going to be hoping that you win. No, it's not because like I said, we've been like, you know, taking care of our fans, taking care, take, t- taking care of all the stuff, answering them, everything. Now they're excited. They they were. I feel like it, when I cut the first promo, they feel engaged, which is the most important part. Like a lot of the stuff that they were saying online, I said it in like less than a minute. You know, it's a lot of a mutual feel, and they're like, "Oh my God, she's speaking the truth. She's gonna come and do something." You know, uh, I think they're really excited to see something different, and that's what we're gonna bring. We're gonna bring that. Latino heat in this place. So um, it's going to be fun. Uh, Gabby, make sure you mark that as the worst Eddie Guerrero uh, Latino heat <laughs> shoulder shrug. <laughs> Want me to see me more? I'll see All right, more. that's a little better. Oh my God. I'm going to text Shawl and Vicky and say, we got to, you got to watch Buster. How horrible was that? Okay. Probably going to, can we do it together? Because you didn't even use the hips, baby. Come on. <laughs> that's a good one. All right, let me stand up. Let me stand up. The Latino heat, baby. All right, that's better. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> that's oh a good my. one is keep, Gabby. Not that first horrible one. I, I like I them both. I like them both. You're hardcore. You like them both. <laughs> what's, what's uh, you know, you mentioned Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan was actually part of one of the vignettes that was on AEW Dynamite. Yeah. You know, he was talking about you and that NWA Women's Championship. Like, what is the future right now uh, with the NWA? A lot of our fans are big NWA fans. We we miss seeing it on Tuesday nights. Like, what's next for the NWA during this pandemic? Um, what I know is that we are working in Los Angeles with Dave Mar- David Marquez. Um, they just announced uh, that they will be doing uh, TV shows over there. So. Uh, Nick was going on the 15th for the first taping. And then I'm coming after, uh, to defend my championship. I still don't know who I'm going to be defending my championship with, but I will be defending my championship. Um, and I think that's what we're going to be doing for, for the remaining time of whenever this, 
you know, pandemic is over. And we're also, uh, we're being more active on looking for bookings right now, like independent bookings. So we continue mm -hmm. to like be pressed. I'm sorry, in defending uh, the championship, I will continue to defend the championship. Again, I, I run Mission Pro Wrestling, so I can defend it there at all times. I have permission to do so, and all all the other places. I um, I, you know, you just have to go through the chain of command. So uh, hopefully, um, like I said, even if it's independently, I will continue to be active, no matter what. Billy's my boy, but I can't chain a command with uh, him and Impact. There's some heat there, so. Uh... <laughs> I look forward to keep on watching you at AEW. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, when you look at that NWA Women's Championship and the opportunity that you're going to have on Saturday at All Out, um, is this just the beginning? Is this maybe the beginnings of a relationship with some NWA talent in AEW? Um. I would love to answer that question, but I really don't know. Uh, it's just, I don't know. Like it was, I think that will be in between uh, Tony and, and Billy Corgan, but um, I hope that it is something that we continue to do because I think it's very beneficial for for both parties. Um, I mean, a lot of people say it's more beneficial for NWA, but I don't think so. A lot of the talent that is in NWA, that's still in NWA, they can contribute a lot with AEW with some of the talent, you know, and, and it just make, it will just like steer things up and like make things different than, uh, other bigger companies. So I don't know. I think, um, hopefully it's, it continue to happen. Have you had, uh, I know you have a great relationship with Billy. Um, have you had conversations with Tony as well? Um, I, I'm a very observant person. So I have like, I listen to him. He likes to tell really cool stories. He has all kinds of stories. So, um, I just sit there like with everybody else. And then he, he talks about soccer. He talks about football. He talks about wrestling. He knows a lot about wrestling, which I'm like, wow, he's like an encyclopedia. So, uh, sometimes here and there I have like, you know, short conversations with him. Cause he's like, he's very, um, talkative with everybody. So I just let him, you know, do his thing. I don't want to take his, you know, precious time, but it's, it's really interesting. I, I really, it's really interesting. Uh, yeah. He's an awesome dude. And yes, he's a big wrestling fan. He, He's been watching. He used to come to the ECW arena uh, to watch a bunch of crazy guys wrestle. So a uh, big wrestling fan and, and literally following his dream and giving other people the opportunity like yourself to live theirs, which is why I love him. I know Dave loves him and he literally changed the wrestling industry, yep. uh, mm -hmm. which is awesome for us um, as well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like I said, I'm really, I'm really happy to see how my, my, some of my, uh, peers are being treated working here and how uh, happy they are in comparison to other places that they work. So um, that, that for me, it's, it's, it's very awesome that he's taking care of them the way that he is. Well, one thing I know for sure, Thunder Rosa on Saturday, I'm going to be wearing my Thunder Rosa t-shirt. I am going to be cheering for you as loud as I can. I wish I had the calendar. The calendar's in the office in New York City. I can't get, I mean, it's, it's awful. This pandemic is keeping me from your calendar. That's the biggest thing. That's the, that's the worst thing about this pandemic is I can't have my calendar. Don't worry. I have new pictures that I just took last week. I will send you two or three of the nicest ones. Tommy, I'm sorry. I'll send you some like belly button pictures. Then. Ugh, you're disgusting. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. So Thunder, how can fans, you know, get in touch with you? How can fans buy the shirts? How can fans buy the calendar? How can fans get this merchandise? Uh, they can go on www.thunderosa.net. All my all my stuff are in there. T-shirts, um, everything. Post- posters, everything, everything. Just go right. there and get um, here's what I want to know. I said, I see that. And you're talking about discipline. You talk about dedication. You talk about you're celebrating, you're having your room to yourself, a little bit of privacy. You haven't made your bed. That's number one. So that's lack of dedication. So you may lose just because of that, that you haven't made your bed today. I told you, I just went to work out. And okay. Been- First thing you do in the morning. Thank you. Um, number two, <laughs> can you say NWA and double A Arn Anderson all in a row? NWA and Arn Anderson. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I can't. NWA and double A Arn Anderson. NWA, NWA, N Anderson. <laughs> no. I, don't, stop. I can't. <laughs> I, like, I, I just I like how you say your W's and they kind of roll because I don't understand what you're saying at times. I think no. you and Alicia Edwards need. Uh, captions wherever in in real life you should just have a oh my god listen listen don't listen thunder rosa don't listen to tommy i understand everything that comes out of your mouth i can't understand tommy because he's always got food in his mouth when he's talking so i can understand you a hundred times more than tommy dreamer nwa wwa and nwa double a and Art Anderson. Not even close. It's a, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because all I know is Thunder Rose is making history on yes, Saturday at All Out on September 5th. It's on pay-per-view. Make sure you buy it. Go to ThunderRosa.net, buy the t-shirt, buy the poster, buy the calendar, buy everything, and get yourself ready for the history-making match that's taking place on Saturday. Thunder Rosa, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. It was a pleasure again. I love being here. Um, I can't wait for the pandemic to be over so I can go to New York and meet you in the actual place in this in in your guys' office. That would be super dope. You could turn the calendar because it's stuck in February. It really is. It's it's stuck on March. I have March 10th crossed out, and I haven't been able to cross out all 180 days since we've been in New York City. Don't worry, David. I got you. I'll send you some pictures. Thank you, Thunder Rosa. I appreciate it. Good luck on Saturday. <laughs> Love you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.